Saying yes to something means saying no to something else. Let's talk about trade-offs next. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Musician Toolkit. I'm your host, David Lane, and it is great to be with you once again. Today's episode should be a brief one, but before I get started, I have a special sponsor just for today's episode, and that is the Unstoppable Singer Summit for 2023, specifically for the dates May 15th through the 17th, 2023. So if you're more than seven days late listening to this episode, it'll be a little bit too late. But if you're listening to this right away, this is something that you can take advantage of. It is a three-day virtual event for singers to break out of the starving artist mentality and to learn what it takes to make a great living, to build a lifelong career, and to stay relevant as a musician. And what is the cost of this three-day summit, this virtual summit? It's free. But you do need to save your spot because it is limited in how many can attend. The world needs your voice now more than ever, but it needs you at your best. The summit will teach you how to turn your passion into a profit while setting the personal boundaries you need and also how to thrive as an artist. There are going to be 45 industry experts. And again, this is free. It's virtual. It's May 15th through the 17th. To register, all you need to do is click the link in my show notes. If you are a singer, this is it just sounds like a great opportunity and would encourage you to pursue that. All right, today I want to talk a little bit about a musicianship mindset. And actually, even if you're not a musician, this is a good mindset to keep in mind. Uh, I want to talk about trade-offs and understanding the reality of trade-offs. There was a day that I was teaching lessons one point, and uh, I found myself with an hour break due to a cancellation. And so I took that break to walk over to a nearby mall. It's about a, about a half mile away from where I teach. And uh, I decided I'd do some quick browsing. And uh, as, I, as happens quite often when I do that, I happened to walk past a gourmet cookie bakery. And, uh, and I went in with the intention of just getting the, uh, the simple modest chocolate cookie and not even the big one, but you know, the little one, the one that, you know, looks like it could have, you know, maybe a little bit bigger than chips, Ahoy cookie, you know, just something kind of simple, but that's not what I got. <laughs> Instead, I got a giant cookie with lemon icing in addition to that chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> and, uh, after disposing of that chocolate chip cookie, I decided to take a bite of that giant lemon cookie with icing. And it's, you know, just this beautiful giant yellow cookie. <laughs> the first bite was great. It was exquisite, soft, sweet, lemony. <laughs> I started eating it the moment that I walked out of the cookie store as I headed toward the, the other end of the mall. And I continued to eat as I walked. And by the time I had passed five stores, so let's say 200 feet at the most, the thrill was gone. And I was left with, uh, you know, I hadn't eaten a whole lot of sugar 
leading up to up to that while. So this was quite quite a lot of sugar for the first time in a while. And I was just left with a few tremors and, uh, you know, feeling of guilt for shoving that whole thing in my mouth. It was just a matter of time before I felt a total lack of energy. You know what it's called, sugar crash. Yes, you get a, you get a little bit of a boost for that first 30 minutes or so, maybe up to an hour. But an hour later for me, I'm ready for a big time nap. A problem is I still had to teach lessons. It's very hard to teach when all you want to do is sleep. Worst of all, the pleasure of the taste, which was the whole reason I got it in the first place, it was over. With this experience in my memory, I could approach a cookie like that right now, and I could ask myself one question before buying it. Is the two minutes of joy that this cookie brings me worth the hour or more of misery that will follow? Well, when I take time to think about it, that's an easy answer. <laughs> but when I want the easy craving at the time, I forget to step back and just ask that. What is the trade-off here, and is it worth it? So I'm going to bring this around to music in just a moment, but let's talk a little bit more about this whole concept of what's happening. Every decision, not nearly every decision, but every decision that you make in life comes with at least one trade-off. A trade-off is also known as the flip side. You can't do everything at once. Making a choice to do something denies you that chance to do something else. So I, I do like to read a lot. And there have been some years, uh, there have been a lot of years where my total number of books and audiobooks combined have, you know, easily been three digits. I would say there's only been a couple of years in the last 17, 18 years that I haven't read at least 100 books a year. Or you know, listen to a hundred audiobooks if, if you don't really count that. But anyways, port, portook, portake, whatever. I don't, I'm not sure how you'd say that. Um, partaking of a hundred or more books each year. I had on, on Goodreads, I had at one point about 850 books on my to read list. And there was one year that I, I was reading extra aggressively and, and I realized I was, it's like I was trying to get that list down, trying to read faster than I was adding to it with new books that I would discover, which was bad because I would try a new author, like them, find that they had 20 other books and they all went on the to read list and, you know, I can't read fast enough to overcome 20 books going on. And... Since I realized that I couldn't do that, I started, you know, going through and purging the list and saying, I don't really need to read this. I don't really need to read that. It was as if I was trying to get that list down to zero as if when I did that, I would be done reading, I guess, <laughs> except for maybe new releases. I mean, maybe that's what was in my head. I will have read everything I want to. And I've met some people. It seems like their goal is to, to read everything that is written. But there are so many books that have been published in, in addition to books that are published now. If you were to read just all of the books that have been published this century, I think if you were to live to be 100, you could read one book 
a minute, maybe one book a second for, for the rest of your life and still never read everything. So yes, it's good to read. I, I'm a huge advocate of reading, but you can overdo anything. And if you're trying to cram in reading for the sake of a statistic, well, you're trading off a lot of time to do something else. And so now I don't do that anymore. I read when I have the time and when I want to. And uh, I guess you could say I'm having a good year. I'm averaging the second lowest uh, amount of books that I'll probably read in a year since uh, 2005. Uh, but at that same time, that, that number, we're in May, and that number's still in the 30s, so that's still pretty good. I probably won't get to 100 this year, uh, but I'm probably going to get to 80, 75, 80 books. Back in the early days of TV, before streaming, before the internet, before DVR, before VCR or other video recording, if you had time at 8 p.m. to sit down and watch a television show, you had to choose which one to watch with the knowledge that you were not going to be watching the other choices. At first, only two, but, you know, later more. But here are some more examples. Staying at home means you can't go to the beach. Going to the beach means you can't just stay home and relax. I live in North Carolina. Going to the mountains means you don't get to go to the beach, at least at the same time. Uh, and same thing, you, going to the beach means you can't go to the mountains. But these aren't great examples because you're not making a hard choice in any case. I mean, whether or not you know you choose to watch what's on NBC versus what was on ABC, uh, I mean, that's not really huge stakes there. So there's a trade-off, but it's not a big one, not, not if you're honest. But what happens when there's a harder choice? You have to address the decision in a way that lets you know the flip side and the consequences, if there are any. For example, I like eating out, but I, I also sometimes need to save money, and I don't particularly like taking time to pack a lunch. What do I want more? The convenience of eating out or saving some money for something more meaningful. Some evenings I'm watching a video and it's really interesting, but it's getting very late and I have to get up early in the morning. Is the enjoyment of the video or the movie or the TV show, is it worth the price of not getting much sleep? So you see where this is going. Every decision has at least one trade-off if you take time to think about it. Every time you choose to do something, you are choosing not to do something else. And goes the other way around. Uh, as the great Neil Peart wrote for a Rush song, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. All right, let's bring this to music. What are the trade-offs of your choices when it comes to practicing? If you watched a television episode instead of practicing, you're making the decision that the entertainment and escapism is more important than the opportunity to get better at your instrument. So is that true? If you play a video game instead of practicing, you're making the same choice. Is your goal to be really good at video games or really good at your instrument? The time that you spend at your instruments just playing old favorites is time that you could be spending working on more challenging new music. 
you're choosing comfort over challenge. It's a common choice, but the trade-off of comfort is to not make progress. The trade-off of progress is not to be comfortable. Now, I'm going to get a little bit personal because, uh, you know, I, I, teach, I teach students and I work with a lot of parents, and this is an issue that comes up. If your time is diluted with such a variety of extracurricular activities other than music, such as martial arts, sports, church, drama, and so on, you are accepting that you will most likely be acquainted with many experiences but you're less likely to be really good at any of them. I want to make sure I said that right and that you heard that right. If you are trying to get in a lot of experiences with extracurricular activities, spreading yourself out, doing as many things as possible, you are sampling and you are going to be acquainted with a lot of skills, a lot of experiences. But it takes time, focus time, to get good at anything. So you might not be really good at anything if you pursue that particular lifestyle. So no, I'm not attacking it. It's certainly possible that you're okay with this. And I want you to understand that when I, when I list these trade-offs, I'm not saying you should do one or the other. But you shouldn't do anything without understanding the trade-off. For many people, knowing a little of everything is more important than being selectively focused on a very few things. But have you at least considered the trade-off and decided if that's really what you want? So this is really what I want to say today. You can't do everything you want. You can't even do everything you need. Sometimes our what, what we need to do, we, there's just not enough time. We don't have enough money. Giving your time to one thing means that you're not giving it to something else. Striving for comfort denies yourself the struggle that actually makes you better. Sometimes you may want to dial it down and enjoy that video game or the TV show or the movie because the pleasure really is worth missing the chance to improve at your instrument, at least for that moment, every now and then. So take the time off. But take that time to think about, do I really, do, do I want to take time off of practicing? Is it worth it f- for, for this moment? If you're convinced it is, then go ahead. But don't do it out of ignorance. Don't do it without considering what you should do. Sometimes you need the satisfaction of affirming your favorite pieces that you've already learned before learning something new. But I just want to challenge you. Be aware of it. You can do just about anything you want as long as you recognize what it is you're giving up in exchange and you're convinced that you've made the best possible choice that you can make at the time. My other sponsor also in the show notes is Fonz. Fonz lets you get the trade-off of um, paying a few dollars a month but getting back a lot of time and also a lot of worry has so-and-so paid me this month? Um, will so-and-so remember that we rescheduled this lesson? The answer to all that's yes. You, you keep up with your schedule and funds and the payment's automated. Payment's coming out every month at the same time. And if, and if the payment fails, um, funds will notify them. You don't have to do anything. They'll take care of the problem. And you can try it out for free if you have a studio of any kind. And you can, again, find that link in my show notes to get started with your trial.
If you're watching on YouTube, I would appreciate it if you click the thumbs up and make sure you're subscribed and click the bell for notifications for future podcasts. I usually come out every Monday, but I also have some other videos that I'll do here every now and then. Uh, going to be releasing a video tutorial on how to improve your scales soon. Been doing some shorts about the clustering technique. Well, um, I've got enough feedback that I that I'm going to do a full length video for all the flat key scales. It's a way that if you play piano, you can really improve your scales. Reach out to me if you have any questions. If you have any comments on the podcast, you can uh, contact me. I have a contact form at my website, davidlanemusic.com, where you can also find uh, the homepage for this podcast, davidlanemusic.com slash toolkit. You can follow me and the podcast on social media at Instagram and TikTok at David Lane Music, on Facebook at David M. Lane Music. And again, if you want to check me out on YouTube, I'm at David Lane Music One. Don't forget, if you are a singer, check out the Unstoppable Singer Summit and register soon. It starts in a week. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back with you again next week.